Welcome to The Gathering Pod, the audio version of my weekly gathering room broadcast. I'm Martha Beck. Thank you for joining me. Um, I'm going to get right in because, uh, well, I'll tell you in a minute. During the hiatus, one thing I realized a month ago, I realized, number one, everything is different. We've been talking about this ever since the the global pandemic started, but I didn't really know how many things would change or in which direction when it started. None of us did. I did know that there would be big changes, and I think everybody expected that too, but the interesting thing about exponential change is you can't predict which direction it will go and what will happen as a result. You just can't know. So what I realized about a month ago is I don't actually know much about my own society. Like I've been living in a fairly sequestered corner of it and thinking that I had a pretty good grasp of things because I read the papers. Um, You know, I read two newspapers in the morning and I, I go online and I see people that I know on Instagram and Facebook and it gives me the feeling that I'm out there, right? But the feeling that we're out there has gone down significantly since the global lockdown. And I started to realize what I'd known in my head all along, which is that we're all in kind of an echo chamber consisting of ourselves and the people we actually follow on social media and the TV shows we actually watch. And everything's become so departmentalized, compartmentalized, that when you go in to talk to your people, you're talking to your people and you're not talking to a broad span of people. I I read the other day that something bad had happened to the reputation of a kid who's got like 190 million followers on Instagram and it was a big scandal and I had never heard of this person. And there are a lot of people who are super famous and events that are really important that I don't know about. So I said right at the beginning of the protests about systemic racial um, oppression and and police brutality, uh, that was the last few gathering rooms is just when that was getting started. And I thought, oh yeah, I was, I got a sociology degree 20 years ago. So I know what's happening. I had no freaking idea what was happening. So I got one message and that message was try listening to people for a while instead of talking and talking and talking. Now I'm back talking and talking and talking. But I thought, I'm going to devote a month of my life to listening. And so I asked people if they would, if they had time and energy to educate me, if they would send me emails about their experience in society, people of all colors and and ethnicities and political persuasions, everybody, like write to me, I will read. And I haven't written back to everybody yet, but I have to a lot of people, I have to a lot of people, and I really had the most extraordinary time taking in information from people in a way that I hadn't done since I was back in graduate school. When I was in graduate school, I interviewed about 300, mostly women, because it was about gender role changes among women. My dissertation was about gender role changes. So I was interviewing women and some men, but mostly women, about what their experience was. And the only question I would ask them is, what's it like for you to be female in the US right now or male in the US right now. And then I would listen and I would give them questions that were, it's called reflective listening. When someone says, I feel terrible. And all you do is basically repeat what they said. It sounds like you don't feel good. 
and then they say more and you repeat a little of what they said and it actually helps people give you a lot of information without you pushing your agenda on them. And so that was, it was a very specific methodology and I used it and I learned a lot. And now 20 years later, I was doing it again, a little bit. You know, I talked to some people on the phone, um, talked to some people on Zoom or Skype, mostly read. I read a lot of emails and I read a lot of books. Somebody asked me in one of the letters, why do you always mention so, that you've read so many books? Like, um, that's a little arrogant, but I only read, I only mention that I've read books because when I have a new idea from a book I've read, I want to make sure that the author of that book gets credit for the idea and that I'm not using their information or their ideas without letting people know that that's, that was theirs. That wasn't mine. So that's the explanation for that. But, um, I read a lot on email and on, and in books and my whole world changed like really quite dramatically. I'd just written a book um, and I had a chance, I, I put it in uh, for editing right at the beginning of the pandemic. And then I got it back in the middle of this period of really heightened activity with protests. I, I hope they always go on, but they were really high. And I had the opportunity to go back in and like reimagine what I'd written according to what I now knew. So all of this <clears throat> gave me kind of a refresher course in the power of listening. And I'm telling you guys, you know, I love to talk about miracles and magic because I believe that if you sort of follow reality far enough, it takes you into territory that our science doesn't understand. But I have to say, if you want to get a really powerful magic going, try listening. Listening actually not only gives you information, but it puts something out into the world. Listening isn't a passive thing like I'm a black hole for information. The power of an attention on you listening is incredibly intense. I have a friend who's written many, many books. And when I met him, I said, you should really write a memoir. And he wrote a memoir and he would send me chapters and he wrote it so fast. <laughs> and, and this is a guy who writes with a pen. He doesn't even use a computer. And I was just astonished by how quickly it came out. And he said, I was astonished too. But the fact that someone was listening just drew it out of me really quickly. And I realized that listening is a potent force that we put out there. So I listened and I listened and I got back into practice. I also realized that listening is a skill that I was good at once because I practiced a lot, but then I stopped practicing so much. And one of the reasons I took the hiatus was some of the people I was listening to said, maybe, maybe be quiet for a minute. <laughs> we were very sweet and polite, but they reminded me that I wasn't putting out the magic of listening anymore. So I wanted to talk to you guys about it today and then answer your questions. First of all, um, those of you who have been in my coach training know that we, we talk a lot about what happens when a catalyst comes into your life, a change comes into your life and changes everything, which happened to all of us with the pandemic, which is happening more and more with different aspects of society. And the first thing you do is that you, it's as if you've been magically swept away to a, a foreign planet and you don't know what's there. So the most important thing you can do is to listen to see what's happening around you. And in the dark, the last sense that goes out when we die, I've been told, is, is hearing. And people who are in comas can still hear, even if they can't see, even if they can't process stuff. Like the ears are 
number one if we're in the dark if we're uh, you know if we're covered up by something we can still listen 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 so our first response to a new situation should be to listen as hard as we can not to run around and take action yet but to listen 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 and i've had this experience in, in south africa when when we go to londolozi i remember once sitting in a an open land rover on a silent game drive and we were sitting there and the tracker um was sitting with us and we just he just turned off the car and we just listened the i and the rest of the americans in the car were like oh, this is kind of dull and then the tracker turned around and he said can't you just can you not believe it the whole place is talking to us and i was like no the whole place is talking to you but it was because he knew exactly what he was listening for he knew that the sound of an animal saying there's a predator predator nearby is has a particular urgency called an alarm call and he knew that the sound of a bird interacting with its mate is different from a bird that needs to go find food or water he knew all this stuff about this environment because he'd spent so much time listening and so it was talking to him and it was talking very softly because nature talks softly most of the time for us, we're in this sort of ecosystem, if you will, that's full of human voices and they're shouting. They're shouting in big lights and colors on the internet. They're shouting from our TV screens. They're shouting on podcasts. They're shouting to each other. People are shouting on the streets at each other about face masks and things. So we're at a very loud point in our history and it takes a certain amount of tolerance to listen so closely we evolved to listen in that savanna environment which is so soft and so gentle and unless a lion is roaring which is very loud <laughs> but now we take that sensitivity of hearing and we're in this loud loud human dominated technology dominated space and listening closely in that kind of loudness is almost painful and so you have to learn a skill of opening up and listening without being flooded and overwhelmed. And over the last month, I've spent, um, I've spent all this time trying to listen more closely. And I realized there are four levels of listening that, that give you four different levels of information. And I wanna to talk to you about it because when I thought of this, it made me more capable of discerning the voices speaking to me from all different levels of reality because there's the loud human voices but remember nature is still whispering beneath that and then there are things like intuition that whisper even more softly than nature so that i made up the four levels of listening that i have been doing and i really love you to just think about it this way and see if it helps you too so the first level is what i call ear listening and it's literally like you've been dumped on a foreign planet. You're like, whoa, 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 Shh, be quiet, everybody. Try to listen and see what's around us. And the information there is, um, am I in danger? Like, what is the, like, if somebody screams at me, the first thing I hear with my ears isn't the words they're saying, it's the tone of voice. And my first reaction is to flinch if someone, for example, is really angry. And that tells, oh, okay, there's somebody angry around me, or there's something ferocious around me, or there's something I don't understand around me. Now, a lot of us, the moment we hear something with our ears that triggers our fear responses, we're out of there, right? So say somebody 
has just watched a loved one die um, from some kind of horrific violence and they come to talk and they are angry or they've suffered hundreds, you know, their people have suffered hundreds of years of horrific, brutal abuse and they have feelings about it. That anger is completely legitimate and it's not dangerous. Not to, it's not dangerous to anyone most of the time. It's just someone who wants to be heard. But the moment we hear that loud voice, what we do inside is we feel like soft little, you know, children or soft bodied animals and we just want to run from it. So it's important to register that because you may be in danger. There may be situations where somebody is truly, you know, not safe to be around. And if you can listen more deeply, you'll get that information. But the very first knee jerk reaction of I'm not, I hear something loud. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm afraid of it. We need to get past that because most of the loudness around us right now is trying to get us to listen more deeply. And when we cut it off, we escalate problems of people not feeling heard. So the first thing is listen with your ears, say, am I in danger? And ask yourself that question. Am I literally in danger here? People can feel endangered by an email that says, you know, please don't kill my children. Like people can feel in danger from that because, just because of the tone. So you hear that and you go, okay, am I, am I in danger? Then you go to level two listening. Level two listening is body listening. So it's not just ears, it's your whole body. And this is how you do it. You start to breathe more deeply. And I've talked about this a million times. I'm reading a book called Breath now. Ooh, forgot the author's name. I'll get it for you next time. But it's all about how breathing more deeply, more slowly, and especially exhaling all the way is really, really powerful in so many ways. It, it does all kinds of things to the nervous system, but it also does things like it changes the shape of your face if you breathe out enough and it really changes your health. And if you don't ever exhale, that's the, that's the relaxation breath. And if you never do that, you're just sipping air at the top of your lungs, you can survive for years that way, but it actually, decreases your lung volume. It does all these bad things to your heart, to your circulation. And especially in a time of COVID, which, you know, where so many people have had their lungs affected and their blood affected. Um, it was really interesting for me to read the science of breath. It's by James Nestor, N-E-S-T-O-R. I just got that from the distinguished badger behind the scenes, Ron Mangan. Um, so, Breathing with your whole body starts with a long exhale. And you breathe in slowly and completely. When I was doing karate, we used to do endless breath exercises, which I thought were so stupid, except that it made me far more athletically capable just by breathing. And we would breathe out for six seconds and then in for six seconds. And it's kind of a lot long time when you go for six full seconds. Try that. Excuse me. Try that when someone is upset with you. Breathe all the way out, breathe all the way back, and your body will start to relax. At this point, I think it's because of your mirror neurons, you will begin to feel not your own fear response, but whatever the other person is actually feeling. So I've had this experience like when I was 
when my son was diagnosed with Down syndrome and the doctor tried to talk me into terminating the pregnancy, I started to listen with my whole body. And at first I was like, I'm in danger, I'm in danger, because he was quite stern and insistent. And then I listened with my whole body and I felt like, oh my God, he's so frightened. I could feel the fear. And if you really listen to someone who is like yearning to be heard, and at first they sound angry, but then you relax and you feel in your body their heartbreak, their anguish, their frustration, like the insane frustration of trying to be treated just nominally like a human being and not being heard, you can start to feel it in your own body. And you think, oh my gosh, this is what's actually happening around me. Also, I've had the experience of listening to someone who I think is a psychopath. Um, I had a client once who I truly believe was a psychopath. And um, when I would listen really deeply to her, I got the worst feeling. It's like, oh my God, she's not at all what she's pretending to be. And I couldn't hear it with my ears, but my body could. And then later things happened to let me know, oh yeah, she's, she's not really sane. <laughs> so you can hear that if you listen with your body and it will keep you safer. So that's level two listening is with the whole body. Level, and that tells you what's actually happening around you. So the first thing is I am danger. Am I in danger? The second thing is what's actually happening around me. And the third thing is heart listening. And it goes all the way into the body, but then the heart starts to open to the other person. And it's almost as if the listening goes out to them. This is where it becomes that power because you've calmed your fear and now you're starting to empathize with the other person. And I swear to God, you guys, it creates a field through which the compassion of listening spreads to other people. And what I've seen over and over, and I've seen it several times in the last month, is when someone's angry and they're really letting themselves express themselves, and I listen with my whole body, and then I start to feel their own pain in my heart, something happens and something goes out from me and they, they, they kind of go themselves, like someone listened, someone listened. Now, I'm not going to say that I do that all the time and I'm like, so wonderful. I listen and people feel happy, but I swear to God, try it, try it, try it, because I've been listened to that way and it fixed my whole life. Like going to therapy is just being listened to that way, really. And having a loved one is just being listened to. That's heart listening and it starts to heal the world. And then finally, and, and it tells you, so the first one is, am I in danger? Second is what's really happening around me? Third one is, what's really happening in you? What's really happening for you? And then the last thing is level four listening and it's spirit. And it goes into the field created by the heart. And what it says is, what are my instructions? What should I do next? And you guys, I don't know what the world is bringing us. It is so different, like the the virus is higher in the United, more cases in the United States than ever before and it's going up. We don't know what direction we're going or what else is going to arise. So we better listen to what's happening all the way down to level four, which is where the spirit says, okay, now I'm in a field of compassion. Here's what you should do next. Okay. Get a drink of water, lie down, email a friend, talk to someone you know, connect with someone from the past, have a good meal, whatever your instructions are, you'll get them in the listening so deeply that you hear the stillness inside you. 
And I truly believe that's the only way we're gonna get instructions for how to go forward. I feel so lucky and I am so blessed. I moved to California because I felt guided. I know that sounds silly, but I felt guided to move there. And when I went, it was amazing. And then I felt guided to move to where I am now. And that has been amazing. And everything's been so, like I'm so aware of how blessed I've been. And if I hadn't been listening really hard, I don't think things would have gone quite as easily. And I think whatever's out there whispering to us wants us all to be happy. So it's talking to us all the time. And it's like my friend said in the car in Africa, the whole thing is talking to you. It's trying to communicate. And you think, no, no, it's because you know what to listen for. Your soul knows what to listen for. So that's my thing on listening. Start with level one, go all the way down to level four, and you'll change the world. Hello, the lovely peoples. This is Marty, Martha, inviting you to a free masterclass that I have made called Five Paths to Your Purpose. Probably the most common question I get from people is, how do I find my purpose? Why don't I feel that I'm on purpose? Well, it turns out there are certain things you have to do to find your purpose, and I broke them down into five, and I made a little masterclass about it. So if you'd like to see it, just go to marthabeck.com slash purpose and you will be able to watch it without any charge at all. That is my belief. So now I would love to take some questions. And I've got the fabulous Badger um, sending something from Damaris. Ooh, is that like Khaleesi? I think that was her name. It's beautiful. How do you listen on level two and protect yourself from other people's energies? What a good point. The interesting thing is that the way you become um, not, not impregnable, invincible, is by relaxing. And if you've ever come to one of the, um, someplace where I've spoken, I often do this little exercise where um, you do a, sort of an arm wrestle with someone else. And if you're struggling, you're very, very weak. But if you're completely relaxed, you're very strong relative to another person who's struggling against you. So as you get calmer, if you do that exhale and you start to find calm in yourself, that, that energy is much more powerful than the energy of rage or hate or anything. That level of calm is powerful. And it just, all streams flow to the sea because it is lower than they are. It just has this gravitas that goes And it won't get into your energy as much. This is a really good question. And if it does get into your energy, you know, go have a shower, um, get in water, get out of water, take a drink. Water is really important. And um, shake out other people's energies because it can be quite toxic if you don't know how to deal with it. Okay, Ellen says, how do people learn to listen and recognize their own biases that drive the interpretation of what is heard? I think that's driving us apart. People only want to hear what, uh, what reaffirms what they already think. That is so true. And so you have to, it, there's this exercise almost where you, you feel yourself rejecting something someone says. And then you th think, wait, am I right or am I wrong? Because I could be wrong. And that's why all my coaches are trained to ask people about the safety of someone. Here's what I think you're feeling. Tell me where I'm wrong about what you're feeling. Because that other person is always the authority on what they're thinking. And if you are willing to say, I may be wrong, I'm listening to you, 
you may actually pick up that what they were trying to say wasn't aggressive the way you thought it was. And in the meantime, you'll forge this bond of trust with them because you're finally listening. But will everybody do that? No. But we can do that. Unilaterally, we can decide that in a time of screaming and shouting and nobody hearing each other, we're going to be the ones that listen. And that does not put us in a powerless place. It empowers us. It puts us in a place of knowledge and even a kind of authority. Like, the more I listened to people, the more they said, oh, you're being a leader. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing a damn thing. I'm just listening. And I've come to realize that when somebody listens, people feel empowered and that that is a form of leadership. And it, it is, it's weirdly empowering to let go of your bias and try to listen to another person. And if you really listen and you, it, you feel sick inside and you think, no, your agenda is just not jiving with my sense of truth, your heart and your spirit won't align with them and you will be like out of there. But you'll do it with a real discernment instead of a knee jerk, I don't like the tone of your voice. So Christina says, Gay Hendricks says, the difference between fear and exhilaration is breath. Oh, I love that. And do that right now. Like, think about something. Like, let's take the pandemic. Why not? We'll be talking about that for a while, guys. So, like, think about what it's doing. Oh, my God. And then take a breath. And think, wow, what a wild ride. What a wild ride the world is going on. What could change? Anything could change now. And see if you can find your way to exhilaration. I go back and forth on that one. It's like... COVID fear, COVID acceleration. It can go either way, but at least that's available to us. Thank you, Christina. BJ, how you doing, BJ? Um, BJ says, realized yesterday that the masks we were having to wear is so that we stop talking and start listening and really seeing or not. That is so true. Like when you just, like to show someone your eyes and not your, and not have to say everything with your voice it's really powerful. And there's something that the, the pandemic is giving us right there is that gift of closing, shutting our mouths occasionally and looking into each other's eyes. That's beautiful. Um, Gia, hi Gia. Oh, all these sweet friends. I love you all so much. So she says, heart listening sounds like an amazing practice, Martha. Are you doing this now as a daily practice or just in the moment? I do it every night before I go to sleep, and I do it every morning when I wake up, absolute first thing. And then I try to remember to do it throughout the day. But um, when I, like when I read Facebook or Instagram, or just when I'm sitting, I can actually, when I wake up, it's so interesting, I've noticed, I can tell, kind of, what I'm gonna read in the, in the paper on my phone, because I don't know if I'm anticipating what I'm about to read because there is some evidence that people can feel what they're about to experience as much as five seconds before something happens to us, we're already reacting to it, which is amazing. Or maybe I'm just getting the mood of the world and that's been picked up in the paper. But I, I get up, I calm myself, I listen with my heart and I can feel if something weird is happening in the world. And then I look at my phone and I find out what it is. But as it comes in, and there's so much change and so much chaos, and I have to really, really relax to get into the heart space. But once I get into the heart space and I'm below the level of panic, then I can feel like, oh, compassion is abroad in the land. Something is happening here and it's, it's love. And I can feel it at the heart and spirit level, even when my ears and my body are alarmed. 
So yeah, I've been doing it every single day for at least two extended periods and then throughout the day. But I'll tell you, take one minute and slow your breathing down to six seconds out, one, one thousand, two, like really slowly and six seconds in. Do that for literally one minute, 10 breaths. Change your whole physiology and your mood. It's amazing. Okay, Anne says, please talk about listening and the urge to create. I think, I think when you actually listen to what's going on around you and then you open all the way up to what's happening in the spirit realm, the spirit's job is to create and its expression is in the physical form. So if you listen all the way down, you take the problems of the material world and you go into spirit and then spirit responds with solutions that want to become matter. And that's what drives our creations. And it was really interesting to rewrite a book with that really, really in mind and listening to a lot of people while I was writing. It was really different and very humbling and very, very good for me. So Donna says, how do you listen when you're distracted by wanting to do? Oh, I don't. When I come out of distraction, then I listen. <laughs> and usually it's because I feel grumpy or I feel sad or I feel afraid. And that reminds me that the only way to get out of suffering for me is to listen deeply and all the way down to level four. I just have a couple more questions. It's after the half hour, but I'm gonna answer them because it's been a long time and the questions are here for me. So David says, how do you clear away the internal junk that gets in the way of listening? You listen through it. Like you sit down to meditate or just to, you know, to, or to fall asleep at night. And there's just like all this noise in your head from yourself, from your mind, from other people. Oh my goodness, things people have said to me that I've fussed about very loud. And you say, okay, noise. You label it noise. You say, okay, that's there. And it's kind of like being in like a crowded bar. Remember when they used to have crowded bars? And trying to hear silence beneath that. It takes a bit of doing, but you can hear silence under any sound at all. And you just have to know, oh, sound is gonna be in there, noise is gonna be in there. I'm not gonna to try to get rid of it before I listen for stillness. I'm just gonna go right past it and go down below it. And silence is always waiting underneath. Emily says, how can I balance listening and engaging when all I wanna do is be alone? You know, even when you're alone, sometimes you'll pick up a book and uh, or you'll listen to a podcast or there will be some music and your whole soul will go toward it. And then you should listen. But when you want to be alone, it's very often because that level four is trying to talk to you. So go by yourself, be by yourself, listen all the way to level four and everything, everything, everything is talking to you. So the desire to be alone is for me, first and foremost, a desire to listen. And then that puts listening out into the world as a powerful force for compassion. And um, Emily then has a follow-up. Where does this wisdom come from? Downloads from spirit? I don't know. I guess so. But what I felt over the last month that we haven't been talking, there have been whole days when I feel something struggling in my brain the way it used to when I was studying difficult math concepts or when I was trying to learn Chinese, you know, I was going to classes in Chinese five hours a day and just like my mind was, my brain was like hamburger. And it's just learn, like there's something in me just going learn, learn, evolve, grow, 
think past anything you've ever thought past before. And I thought, this isn't just an all-knowing cosmos, like giving me information because I'm supposed to know it as a human. It's an all-knowing cosmos becoming known in a new way through me. And it wants to know the world in new ways. It wants to, through this particular vessel, this particular particular point of perception, and you're, you are another of its particular points of perception. And it wants to know things in a new way. It wants to create something more beautiful. It wants to create more justice. It wants to create less of a rift from the natural world. It wants to help clean the environment. It wants us to be happy. And it's evolving really fast right now. So we will talk much more about this in subsequent gathering rooms. But for now, we're over time. And I love you guys so much. I'm so happy to be gathering with you again. So much love um, in this one space where we are all together. See you soon. Love you. change eh Mm, it sure does keep happening i feel like there's something that you martha beck have created that will help us understand how change affects us and how to manage it oh by coincidence now that you mention it i have it's called the change cycle Mm. it's about four aspects of the whole process of change and we've put the information together in one handy place so that the people can refer to it when they're going through change And you know what else? We also made podcast episodes about each of the four squares in the cycle that are also on this new page that we've made for the peoples. Well, how remarkable is that? All right. You can find out all about the change cycle at marthabeck.com slash change. It's a bewildering moment to be alive. That's why Martha Beck, me, and Rowan Mangan, me, created Bewildered, the wildly successful podcast for people trying to figure it out. Most of us are trying to fit society's expectations about how we should live, which is stressful and confusing. On Bewildered, we look at topics like perfectionism, what it means to have enough, anxiety, and creativity to see where the culture may be pushing us all away from the lives that truly fulfill us. If you're bewildered, if you want to think and you love to laugh, come join us. 